And we're on, man. So um, this is Audibles with uh, A and B. Um, I'm Adam Whitten and with my, uh, my good friend Brendan Poole. And we've been talking about this podcast for quite some time, finally able to get it get it rolling, get things happening. So, um, man, this is, uh, this is going to be fun, man. I hope it, it turns into something good. So it's going to be it should fun. should be exciting. Looking forward to it. You know, Th- thanks for having me on Adam and hopefully we can keep the ball rolling there. Yeah, no, this is, this is your idea as much as it is mine, man. This is, um, you know, both, uh, Brendan and I are super passionate about yeah. sports. Um, we're here voicing our opinion. I first want to say that, A, we don't give two shits about your opinion. We just want you to listen. Um, but we do want people on, too. You know, if um, we ever get a chance to uh, get together in the future and get some people on, we definitely want to. But this is uh, about having fun. We're both very passionate about football. And um, we're just here to um, hopefully give you some great fantasy advice or we're going to look like fantasy idiots. And then we're just going to be yeah. talking about football um, again, we both just love football, so we're going to get started here. So our opening drive of episode one is going to be about fantasy busts of the year. So, uh, bro, who's who's your fantasy bust or busts of the year? If you had to narrow it down to one yeah. or two people. So I was, at, I, you know, because we were talking before this, I was thinking this would be a good topic to maybe kick off with, being that. Uh, in the fantasy world, it's going into this, you know, semifinals probably in a lot of leagues. So, you know, I, I, did, I actually didn't do uh, as great this year as I have in previous years, uh, probably due to injuries and some bad draft picks on my part. But, I ne- you know, so, so that's where the busts come into play. Two guys that come to mind to me uh, – I, I kind of have one from each each thing here. Like one guy, you know, it's kind of because he got injured. The other guy, he didn't get injured. It's just more of a scheme thing, I guess. But it's funny, Adam, because I drafted this guy in your league, kind of hoping it would be a steal. And that was Duke Johnson Jr. on the Houston Texans. Yep. You know, um, actually, I'm going to pull up his numbers while while we're talking about this, but I don't know if you remember in the beginning of the year, Lamar Miller gets hurt. So, you know, and it was like, I was already, you know, I always used to like taking him on like DraftKings and stuff because he was always super cheap and he'd get like 20 to 25 points. If you remember in Cleveland, like he was a PPR machine, dude. Right. Yeah. You last know, year think, he certainly was. There was crazy stats about him. Like, you know, he was like the best receiving back in the NFL basically. So, Lamar Miller gets hurt. I'm and now I'm thinking, hey, Duke Johnson Jr. You know he's not he's not a top running back that like that, that, that that's gonna fly off the board. But I was drafting him with the hopes, like, hey, this is kind of like a sneaky pick. Be a good running back too, maybe a flex. You know, twenty points here and there. But you know, of course, right after I drafted him in a couple leagues, I think the Texans signed Carlos Hyde like the next week. So it was like you didn't know how it was going to play out. Now, I don't, I don't want to totally bury him. I will say like he's had a couple good games, but overall, it just, it just wasn't that good. I mean, and I don't know if you saw this stat, Adam, because it was weird. I kept seeing this throughout the year. It was like. He wouldn't do much from a fantasy perspective, but they'd show like the top five 
like yards per carry running backs and he would be on that list. You know, it was like, yeah, but, but he was only getting a couple carries a game. So it's like, you know, he's averaging four or five yards per carry, which is great for real football, but I don't, I don't know what it is. Like the Texans just seem like, you know, they, they did get him going some games. Like I'm looking at it now, new England, he has nine attempts, 36 yards. He has five catches, 54 yards, and a touchdown. He got 20 fantasy points with me that week. That is actually his best game that I'm looking at. He had another week against Jacksonville, week nine, five carries, 68 yards. Sorry, five receptions, 68 yards, seven carries, 13 yards. But because he got a touchdown, a rushing touchdown, he gets 19 points. Right. But those are, like, his two best games. And you got all this real quick down the other weeks, like 3.1, 4.4, 7.7, you know, 6 points, 4 points. You know, it just wasn't – it never came to to what we wanted it to be with him. So he's he's my – probably my bust of the year because just for me, I drafted him in a few leagues. Right. Uh, and I'm not necessarily blaming him. I think he's a great player. I just think the Texans, I don't know. I, I, when I drafted him, I had a vision of, like, Deshaun Watson dumping it off to him. Right. But the more I watch them, he's not really that kind of quarterback. He likes to throw it downfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? So, and then, and then of course, they got Hyde going, and he – He's not a flashy fantasy play, but he does get heavy volume. He gets yeah, a lot heavy of carries. carries. A lot of carries for them. And same with him. He's had a couple of good games. You know, he's kind of like a nice insurance policy <laughs> if you have him. But, you know, maybe they'll figure it out by next year. But for me, that's, that's my clear number one bust. The other name I was going to throw in, and I also drafted this guy in your league first round and, and in like two other leagues. And it kind of killed me, but I loved him and I wanted to pick him is Devonte Adams. Um, oh. that, but, but, you know, obviously he's not like he, again, he's had some, the last couple of weeks, like, you know, the giants, he gets 21 points, two touchdowns, San Fran, he gets 17 points, a touchdown, but, one, two, three, four. He misses four games to injury. Kind of had us only one good game in the first four weeks. So a slow start. Then you lose him all the way to week nine. You know, especially if you're drafting him in the first or second round, that, that just hurts. So those are the two guys that kind of killed me this year, even though I'm calling them busts. I love them as players. It just didn't work out in fantasy. So right. what, um, what about you? What do you got? Mine, um, you probably have an idea of who I'm going to pick apart. I'm going to pick apart two players because one influences the other. Um, I have to go Odell Beckham Jr. Um, oh, wow. That's a good one. And, and the whole reason why is, for A, Freddie Kitchens can't get that offense together. And Baker Mayfield is he's way too concerned about his commercials. And he's way too concerned. <laughs> Um, about what's going on outside outside of um outside of football. It's just yeah. I feel that he's very about himself. I think we saw a different person uh, when it came to hard knocks. You know, everyone 
Uh, granted, they were probably the most successful team coming out of Hard Knocks because they actually had some wins under their belt once they got rid of Hugh Jackson. And, um, yeah. you know, it's weird because right we're, we're, we're right now we're like everyone else. We're judging people's jobs, right? Imagine if someone else was, was critiquing our jobs. But then again, this is the NFL. We're doing this to have fun. But Baker Mayfield, man, you yeah. – I think you lost the locker room. I thought um, – you know, I, I heard this on – um, I forget where I heard this. I, I heard, I think I read this several times yesterday throughout social media that there is genuine concern about Baker Mayfield losing that locker room. Um, stay, having to stay on the subject, but Baker Mayfield clearly has better rapport right now with Jarvis Landry. That is clearly evident. Um, if you look at the amount of receptions yeah. per week uh, and the amount of targets per week, you're looking at Jarvis Landry sometimes having double the targets that OBJ has. Granted, he might be getting, uh, you know, more looks or more double coverage, whatever the case may be. And granted, Baker Mayfield just completely threw him under the bus and cr- uh, criticized the Browns, um, the Browns medical staff. Training for, staff, yeah. yeah, like, dude, there's just um, uh, Freddie Kitchens not holding his team accountable. The whole thing against. Uh, it's a multitude of things, man. But the the way he looked, they're lucky they won last week. But OBJ and Baker Mayfield are my two. Um, you know, everyone on paper had the Browns going deep, you know, making the playoffs. Some had them making a deep playoff run all the way to the AFC Championship. Um, I, I was one of the ones, luckily, that didn't buy it. Um, I liked Baker Mayfield in college. I liked what I saw from him in hard knocks. But mm-hmm. he just comes across as a more selfish individual now um, getting caught up with, you know, getting fights with reporters and then throwing the medical staff under the bus. And then, you know, having opinion about, you know, so many other things that you got to let the coaches talk about. And uh, it's just OBJ, man, you figured you have Mayfield coming off a successful year. You have that offense. You have, you know, Nick Chubb out of the backfield. You have Kareem Hunt coming back, you know, later in the year. You have Jarvis Landry, David Njoki. You figured there'd be options and more windows and touchdown opportunities for OBJ. But um, I blame, I don't blame OBJ. I blame Baker Mayfield for his shitty year fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just just to throw in something on that, I didn't even think of him, which is funny because, you know, I'm a Giants fan. so. You know, I always defended Odell when he was with the Giants, even though, you know, he had his issues. But I understood why they traded him. And, I, you know, you remember, like you said, all the hype the Browns had in the preseason. You know, Super Bowl on paper type of thing. But it's like, well, well, also, just remember it came out, he's been having this, uh, now he has a sports hernia. So it's like, did that play into... Him having a bad year, I definitely think Mayfield's part of the problem. Talks way too much, and you know, like there's a fine, there's a fine line with it. Like I don't, you know, he just takes it, he just takes it too far. You know what I mean? It's like I kind of, I like the edge, but then it's like, you know, he's chugging beer at baseball games. He's just doing all this crazy stuff. I mean. And there's nothing wrong with chugging a beer at a baseball game. No, I know, game, I know. But I the know, media, but like, it's the media. Like, he can't right. keep out of the media, the media's sight. He can't yeah, stay yeah, like away from a camera, man. He's it's playing it's, into yeah. the little circus they want. Like, sometimes I think he's got to, like, you know, reel it back in a little bit. Maybe a little bit better composure. I mean, 
I think Freddie Kitchens is probably not the right coach for them. Or, you know, hey, he's never been – he was never even a coordinator, I don't think, or maybe he was last year. So I don't know if he was the best pick. Maybe we'll give him a little bit of leeway. First-year head coach, a lot of personalities. I can get why it was tough, but it's funny. I mean, I didn't even think of him. I, I was in a 16-team league, and I had the second-to-last pick. I took Odell, you know, because it was like he was still on the board. I'm like, well, I guess I'll see how it goes. And the thing that killed me all year was um, every week, like I don't know if you – you know, if you listen to Matthew Barry or anything, he would say, for the longest time, it was like, don't give up on Odell. Like, keep starting him. It's going to happen. <laughs> I so told myself that every week because so I have him in the Yahoo story. League. Yeah, yeah. It's done nothing. In, in that 16-team league, I ended up making the playoffs uh, in that league. I lost. So, so I'm out. I lost this past weekend. But bef- literally – Probably 10 minutes before the kickoffs, I was like, you know what? I'm going to put in Debo Samuel. I'm going to bench Odell. I hadn't benched him all year, right? But then, of course, I get sucked back in listening to, you know, listening to too much stuff. And they're like, oh, no, you got to start him. He's going to go off against Cincy. I'm like, all right. You know, because he does have a high ceiling, you know, but, but he comes away with two catches, 39 yards. I w- again, I would have lost anyway, but at the time, you know, Debo got like 15, 16 points. I'm like, why didn't I do that? But I'm looking at his numbers now, Adam, right? Two games. Oh, he only has two games uh, over a hundred yards. Week two against the Jets. He got, that was his best game. He had a, six catches, 161 yards, a touchdown. 38 points for me in that league. Never came close to that again. And week six, he has six catches against Seattle, 101 yards, 22 points. But what's astonishing about it is looking at those stats is last his last year with the Giants, you know, last year in 2018, plus with him being hurt, right? 77 catches for over a thousand yards and six touchdowns. This year, granted, up until recently. With, you know, the whole hernia or the hamstring issue, whatever, you know, he's been hurt with um, or has been known for having issues with in the past, 59 catches for 844 and two touchdowns. Um, And I don't think it's from, um, you know, granted him being hurt recently might have something to do with it because he has some games of, you know, six, seven catches. Yeah. um, yeah. But the yardage total is not there and the touchdown total is just way off. And um, it would Uh, not surprise me. It would not surprise me if the Browns, um, you know, I think if they trade him, it's not going to surprise me. But um, I don't think John Dorsey will do that because I think if they end up trading Odell, it may say something about John Dorsey that says, I'm a GM. I just gave all of this draft capital to go ahead and get OBJ, um, traded all these players away. I traded, you know, a really good safety in Jabril Peppers form, and then you go out and get rid of him after one year. I think that's gonna um, that's gonna weigh on John Dorsey a lot in the off season. Yeah, and I don't know if you've seen the recent rumors. Uh, supposedly, Odell's been going up to players and coaches before games, saying, "Hey, come get me," you know. The Jimmy G. <laughs> Did yeah. you see that, Jimmy G? I got room for you, bro. <laughs> 
Why is that what he said? There, there, I, there was something on Twitter. I don't, I, I forget oh, yeah. if it was like from Barstool or something. But basically, it says uh, there was just a caption that says, "I got room for you." But he, you're right. He is always talking to other players and, and other teams' quarterbacks. So it is, it is yeah. interesting to what oh, the, yeah, the context yeah. like of those conversations. The they played the Patriots, and uh, you know he couldn't wait to go give Brady these custom cleats yep. made out of goat. You know it's. I will say, like, I thought he did mature as a player, uh, like with his off the field antics and stuff. You know, right? He cut off the he cut off the blonde hair. He was, you know, pretty much until recently, he was pretty quiet. He needs to go back to the blonde hair because he's he <laughs> yeah, maybe, since he cut it. <laughs> maybe he does, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Something it just, you know. And he, it was all, it was all the hype. Him going to play with Landry again. They were college teammates at LSU. Uh, but like you kind of mentioned, like Landry has maybe has been the benefit of him being there. So it's like maybe Odell's drawn the double coverage. Landry's had a couple big games recently. And was is this Landry's second year in Cleveland? Yes, he was, he was there last year. So. Yep. You know, maybe him and Baker do have a little more chemistry. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what the Browns do with him. Definitely will be. Uh, moving on, who is um, a fantasy breakout? Um, I'm going to have to. <sighs> this is tough because one name comes to mind who's clearly shocked, uh, mm-hmm. comp- you know, everybody. Um or especially over the last few weeks since they benched Marcus Mariota, and that's Ryan Tannehill. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It, it's very surprising, um, you know, to see him play at the level that he's played at. Um, in terms of a breakout for, for a year, though, um, I think um, maybe not the, a crazy, crazy breakout, but he's definitely being, uh, A, used a lot more. Um, they're clearly running a lot more in this new offense of Matt LaFleur's uh, Aaron Jones, man. He is yeah. having uh, a hell of a year um, for a running yeah, back. Is. And, um, you know, that game back in week five against Dallas, he had four rushing touchdowns. He had three against, you know, the Panthers. Um, but, you know, even that he's really come into uh, his own as, you know, a, a PPR nightmare. Uh, he has 59. I'm sorry, he has 59 targets, 49 catches, um, three receiving touchdowns, but he's just getting, you know, he's a volume back, especially in those grinded-out games, um, you know, that he's had against Minnesota, Kansas City, Carolina, Dallas, um, Denver. So he's getting getting the carries. Um, Usually he's right around, I don't know, um, he has 175 carries for the year. A little on the lighter side in terms of, like, the true bell cow backs, but... Um, in terms of having 15 touchdowns in the year, he's really broken out from a fantasy perspective at the running back um, position. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And they also did did start using Jamal Williams, who you know, in his own in his own way, has been a, been a pretty good player. You know, not you know, he's had some good fantasy weeks. He's not, you know, he's not an uh, absolute stud, but. They they kind of have a lit, there's been weeks where it was a little bit of a timeshare you know what I mean but with Aaron Jones I mean like you said not only is, did he come into a you know 
again, I remember Matthew Barry always tweeting out, free Aaron Jones, you know. He wanted <laughs> to run the ball with yep. more. With and uh, not only is he a good running back, but like you said, he's been a great receiver. Uh, if you remember the game they played the Chiefs, they went to like some five wide late in the game. He kind of motioned in a little quick screen to him and, Man, he took off for about 50 yards, maybe even more. I don't know. And he just burned everybody down the field for a touchdown. I don't know if you remember that play, but, yeah, um, man, he's just been pretty good, which this also kind of killed me with the Devontae Adams thing. And and I drafted Rodgers in a few leagues. Right. You think of Green Bay being such a pass team, but they kind of became more of a run team. They'd get down in the red zone. They ran the ball more than I've ever seen them run it, and uh, he's definitely been able to benefit from that. So mm-hmm. that, that's, a, that's a good pick for that. Um, another one, just real quick, um, looking at fantasy stats here, and I know everyone has a you know, different league with different scoring points. By the way, if you're in a league that does four-point passing touchdowns, um, I, I don't ever want to be a part of that. I don't know how touchdowns are four points. But, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um Chris Godwin is probably yeah. the breakout of the year if you're looking at everybody. Um in in majority of leagues with with average scoring PPR leagues, um he's only second to Michael Thomas um in terms of fantasy points uh this year, especially on um what I'm looking at is on nfl.com um and he has Mike uh, Mike Evans beat by almost 30 points. Um yeah. So, I mean, Chris Godwin's gone off this year. And he actually is somebody, because I know a lot of people at the beginning, you know, going into the year, this offseason, like, hey, this is going to be Chris Godwin's year. You know, he was a, you know, kind of like a, uh, a sleeper person, sleeper wide receiver back in, um, you know, when they did hard knocks on the Bucks two years ago. So, uh, you know, now having, you know, this been his third year in the league, I believe, um, you know, th- this is his, you know, his true, true breakout year in, in terms of, you know, looking at everybody at the uh, the skill position players. He's really gone off. Yeah, that's another great pick. Um, I actually, they, on the NFL, uh, the NFL 100 page on Instagram, they put it out just a little while ago. The top five league leaders in receiving yards. So Michael Thomas is at number one. He's got... Uh, 1,424 yards. Chris Godwin is number two. He's got 1,212 yards. Mike Evans is number three, 1,157 yards. So kind of crazy that the Bucks have two wide receivers in the top five uh, NFL receiving yards. And, yeah, Godwin's definitely been the more consistent one, uh, which brings up an interesting thing being uh, – you know, week 15 here. I don't know if you've seen Mike Evans is out now. Yeah, he's doubtful. He, yeah, I did he, see that. So so if you have Chris Godwin, you know, well, you're obviously going to start him. But does Mike Evans being out, you know, does he, well, now you think, hey, it's the Chris Godwin show. But does that hurt him a little bit uh, without having Evans, you know, maybe draw some coverage? That'll be interesting to see how they play out on. I'm not sure who Tampa Bay's playing. I got to. They're check playing that. Detroit in Detroit, so it'd mm. definitely be interesting. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, and Detroit's one of those teams where they either shut people down or they just let people score all over them. So we don't know what version of the Detroit Lions yeah, they're, uh, we're they're, going to get this week. Yeah, definitely weird because I do like Darius Slayer. He's a good corner. Yep, absolutely. I'm guessing he's going to be covering Godwin, but right. that'll be interesting. I mean, if, that's one of those things, like, obviously, if you have him, you're starting him. But I'm curious... You know, without without Mike Evans, that's that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But I saw some crazy thing that when Jameis Winston could he could potentially lead the league in passing touchdowns, passing yards, and interceptions. <laughs> yeah, because you know, like when you're down, or you're they're in the a these crazy shootout games. Uh, B, when they're down, he's getting a lot of garbage time points, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had 42 fantasy points last week, um, you know, against Indy. Um, It's just, yeah, I mean, what is he on pace for, yardage-wise? Yeah, because he's averaging well over 300 yards a game. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely in the top five. I don't know um, exactly where he falls, but... he Yeah, I... He might be number two or three. I think I think Dak is actually number one. Yeah, that yeah, Dak is number one. He's just um oh man, it's just um well, what the heck is going on here? Yeah, Dak trash, unbelievable. I don't know what they're gonna do with him. Yeah, I I mean, a, Dallas. That's gonna be that's a whole other topic, Dallas. Mm-hmm. Sleepers for week 15 going into the playoffs. Um, who comes to mind? Uh, well, there was there's one guy I wanted to bring up. Um, but hey, just to give you another breakout one, I mean, this is the obvious one, Lamar Jackson, but that was kind of, I guess, kind of predictable if you bought into what the Ravens are doing. But he's just been, uh, you know, he, he's been something else, and it's a good thing he can run because it's like he doesn't, you know, he's got, yeah, in the, in the first half of the year, he had some good passing yardage, but, you know, he might throw for 105 yards like he did against San Fran, but he also rushes for 100 yards, you know what I mean? So from a fantasy perspective, he's, he's uh, you know, double dipping on, on, on all that. So he's just been... And and he's been matchup proof pretty much, you know what I mean? Had him against any defense, like because you think like, oh, maybe you know when he's playing a San Fran, a Buffalo, are they going to contain him? And he's been able to Patriots, you know what I mean? So got to give him credit. Uh, no, absolutely, absolutely. Think, and it, the thing is yeah, yeah. too, if you think about it, not to cut you off, but mm-hmm. you know, not a lot of people were on the Lamar Jackson bandwagon. Uh, you know, to start this year, um, yeah. you know, Grant, I, I would say it was about 50, 50 heard like, yeah, this is Lamar's team. He's going to break out. They've moved on from Flacco. We kind of already knew that last year, a, when they made the change, but even before the season started, when they drafted him with the last pick, um, you know, in that draft, uh, but, you know, but, you know, he's, you know, he's played consistent. Uh, he's um, and more importantly, his composure um, is what has impressed me the most. Uh, in terms of high-pressure games, you know, the Bills aren't a pushover team by any means, and especially traveling, 
um, you know, up to Buffalo on the road and being able to deliver key plays when he needed to, he can, you know, certainly be, um, you yeah, know, yeah, a breakout yeah. player for, for this year, for sure. That I don't know if you saw that play. He was, you know, he was, they were in the, uh, you know, they were pretty close to the end zone in, in the red zone goal line. He's rolling right, kind of looks like he's going to run, and he just, like, pitches the ball to yep. – uh, Nick Boyle, I think, or Hayden Hurst, one of those tight ends. And his ability to improvise is just, it's on another level. So, um, hey, I, I, I've loved watching him. It'll be curious to see how he keeps it up over the next few years. But anyways, um, like you were saying, sleepers, you kind of brought up a good one in Tannenhill. Uh, they're going to be home against Houston. I mean, this is for the division. They're going to swap right. spots if they win. Right, right. And plus, they play each other again two weeks from now in the last week of the year, which could determine who wins the AFC South. So it's going to be really, really interesting. And I think you have to give Tennessee the edge here uh, just because Derrick Henry, A, is well, hey, probably he was, having <laughs> his best year um, in Tannehill going off. Yeah. Derrick Henry was the guy I was just going to bring up as a sleeper. So, <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because I never seem to draft him in any leagues, but I've been taking him in DraftKings the last couple of weeks, and it's like he he's just been on fire. And, you know, he kind of he was kind of like this last year. And, you know, it's like first half of the season, he's okay, nothing crazy. Second half of the year, man over the last few years, he's just been an absolute monster. And maybe it has something to do with, you know, long season. Hey, defenses are wearing down. Guys are getting hurt. He is a freaking animal. He's huge, you know. So it's like not a lot of people probably look forward to trying to tackle him. But you look at weeks one through eight, right? This is Derrick Henry. Weeks one through eight, he has – five rushing touchdowns all right weeks nine to 14 he has eight rushing touchdowns yeah he's so so almost almost double uh almost doubled his first half of the season production as far as touchdown goes uh his last four games all right week 10 23 attempts against the Chiefs, 188 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, week they had the bye week 11, week 12 against Jacksonville, 19 carries, 159 yards, two touchdowns. Week 13 at Indy, 26 carries, 149 yards, one rushing touchdown. And week 14 at Oakland, 18 carries, 103 yards, two touchdowns. I mean. He's he's just been on fire, man. He's just he he's a guy. I mean, you're obviously probably starting him at this point mm-hmm. if you have him. But uh, you know, call him call him a sleeper. Call him second half of the season breakout, I guess. Uh, and he's kind of like I said, he's kind of building that reputation. Second half of the season, man. If you can have Derrick Henry on your team, you're looking pretty good. Yeah, Houston's defense allows almost 110 yards per game um, to running back. So yeah. um, he's definitely got to be in your lineup. Um, and there's, you know, there's for, nobody for else. 15. 
there's no one else there to uh, to threaten his workload. You know, I mean, I know they got Deion Lewis. They're not even really using he him. Might, he it's, might it's get kind of yeah. He he doesn't really get used, and I don't even think they have any other running backs that they're using. So, I mean, he's just yeah, he's a guy you want in there absolutely. Sleepers. So I am going to go. Let's see here, looking at the matchups. Mm-hmm. Um. Sleeper picks. I'm going to have to go Philip Lindsay this week. You know, they're traveling to the Chiefs. Um, You know, they're on the road in Arrowhead. But um, Denver's really coming around. And granted, we've only seen, you know, a bite-size sample of Drew Locke, who has looked great um, in his, you know, first two starts for for Denver. Thank God. because Denver, Denver needed that. I wish Drew Locke had started the year. Uh, any Broncos fan who thought that Flacco was going to be the saving grace of that offense, including John Elway, uh, man, you need to um, you know rethink what, what's, what's going on in that organization. But um, the Chiefs have given up the second most fantasy points to running backs this year, um, yeah. and they've given up the most scrimmage yards to backs. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, you know, he could have had a bigger stat line last week. Uh, I know they, they had a, um, a touchdown called back on a penalty, but I think Philip Lindsay, he hasn't had the year that he had last year. Um, you know, the defenses isn't what it was, you know, years ago, even though they still have the fifth ranked passing defense, um, yeah. you know, all these factors come into, you know, obviously, you know, uh, you know, how many, you know, what the offense is going to do and, and how far behind you're playing, things like that. But um, I think Philip Lindsay now with Drew Locke being able to throw the ball is going to have a much different outcome this time around with the Chiefs. Um, I think that could really have a big week uh, in terms of uh, especially coming out of the backfield. Uh, yeah. We saw towards the end of that Pats and Chiefs game. Uh, perfect way to segue into this is, you know, how um, – uh, you know, James White, uh, you know, was used, um, you know, late in that game. You know, mm. they kind of went right down the field um, on, a, on a few screen passes. But, you know, the Chiefs deep did play good. Um, speaking about that game, man, that could have been different if uh, New England had it a second challenge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we always laugh about this. Uh, well, Going back to a lot of Patriot fans are upset about the Travis Kelsey fumble, the rest blew the whistle dead. For me, I have no sympathy on that because um, if you remember a couple of years ago in the AFC Championship, uh, New England Jaguars, basically the same thing, same thing happened to Miles Jack when uh, I think Deion Lewis fumbled the ball. Miles Jack recovered it, laying on the ground. No one touched him. He got up. He would have been gone. That was a touchdown. Yeah, it was a touchdown. Probably would have won the game. That was a game. And, I mean, hey, I get that it happens. That absolutely killed them. But, you know, I didn't hear too many Patriot fans being upset about that. So, 
to me, it's just funny when the tables turn and, you know, now, now it's going to be a problem that the ref blew it dead, but not just, I, I think it was earlier this year, the same thing happened to the saints. Do you remember this? Like Cameron Jordan picked up a fumble. Yeah. That was a touchdown. Yep. Yeah. And All day. Blew yep. it dead. So, I mean, I mean, not, not just speaking Patriot games or whatever, the officiating this year has been, uh, you know, it's questionable, bad. questionable at best, but, it happens now. So, so with that Travis Kelsey fumble, I mean, no sympathy from me because that know, was a touchdown too. Gilmore, I, oh, I think Gilmore. Oh yeah, 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 it. yeah, yeah. But it's like, how many times have we seen it go the Patriots' way? So, but you know, I, I actually, I had to go back and watch the play, the Nikhil Harry one. I mean, that's pretty bad. That 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 should be a touchdown. Uh, that's an just call the touchdown and have it be reviewed, even if his foot was right, out. right, right. And that was the problem because if they just called it a touchdown, then they can go look at it and really, you know, see, hey, did he step out? But because they didn't call it a touchdown, Patriots had no challenges. I mean, you you don't hear me say this often. I'll I'll say New England did, did pretty much get screwed on that, but. The interesting thing about Harry, I read this today, he only played two snaps in that game. I, I'm not sure. They complain about not having a deep threat, and yeah, I yeah. thought they drafted him to have a deep threat, uh, given how well he played um, playing out wide at right. uh, you know Arizona State. So yeah. you think well, they I would know- use him in similar fashion, and they haven't. I know he was hurt. I, I he was he hurt. Was hurt. Yep. He was hurt for a while, but... To think he only plays two snaps on, I you know I guess you got to call it a struggling offense, and it's like he plays only two snaps. One of those snaps should have been a touchdown. I heard on the radio, you know, I was listening to uh, the sports hub, and they were saying that they think he was being punished for not fighting through a route in their game the week before. I guess I guess that would have been against the Texans. I don't know. I, I didn't. I'd have to go back and watch that, but wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Belichick does have a a knack for putting guys in the doghouse. You know, the Malcolm Butler Super Bowl thing, and you know, going back to Jonas Gray breakout game. He doesn't get a carry the next week because he missed a meeting or whatever. I get all that, but man, Nikhil Harry. I mean, big body receiver. They got to have him out there, you know? I mean, I don't, like, in a game, if he goes in with two plays and scores what should be a touchdown, you'd think they'd try to get him involved a little bit more, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I um, just, um, I don't I don't understand, you know, as you said, you know, if they disciplined him for, you know, whatever you had heard and not running or fighting through a route, rather, but, I mean, you need, you need offensive weapons. I mean, there's yeah. only so much that, you know, Edelman can do out of the slot. Um, then you got rid of Josh Gordon. You got rid of Antonio Brown. And now you have Kill Harry coming back as your deep threat. And now you don't utilize him the way he should. I mean, when you need, Brady needs a deep threat, uh, clearly. Yeah. And uh, right now, this Muhammad, time in the season, and they're not giving it to him. Mohamed Sanu has not been what they thought also i also did hear maybe he's dealing with an ankle injury or something but not worth a second round draft pick no absolutely, absolutely not absolutely not and even 
uh, I do like him as a player. And it, it was either his first or second game with them. He had 10 catches. And it was like, hey, wow, you know, maybe this guy will be something to them, a, a reliable receiver, good hands. But it hasn't, you know, hasn't been the same since that 10-catch game for him. And, yeah, it's just, you know, you think about them getting rid of Josh Gordon. Again, I get it, you know, the the Belichick way, the culture. He's They were saying that the he Patriot was The Patriot way. The Patriot way, yeah. He's late to meetings. They couldn't find him sometimes. So I get it from a, you know, coaching philosophy standpoint, I guess, by Belichick. But they invested a lot into him. I mean, he's not what he was in his prime, but you still got to respect him when he's on the field. So it's funny. He ends up going to Seattle. And he's not dominating the stat lines or anything, but if you if you've been watching Seattle, man, he might he might only get one or two catches a game, but it's always is like a big first down. You know, if you go back to that San Fran Seattle game, Gordon caught a big first down for them late in that game, and you got to think like, hey, you know, maybe he could be doing that for the Patriots. A big catch here, a big catch there, keep the drive going. They decided to move on. Uh, the AB thing fell apart. So, yeah, it's just it's interesting to see how it's going to play out. But just based off the, the one, you know, Nikhil Harry should be a touchdown play. It's like I feel like they've got to be getting him on the field more, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, you know, it was a great game, obviously. And, you know, those two um, might probably, you know, depending on how the seating works out, they could play each other you know, in the, um, in the playoffs before, uh, yeah. maybe the AFC championship game, depending on how the seating and where things fall, but, um, it'll be definitely interesting to see how the, um, you know, the Pats, uh, you know, move on a from that game and, you know, see if the chiefs more importantly can build off of it. Um, cause I don't see anyone right now in the AFC challenging the Ravens, um, yeah. for a super bowl run. Right. right. Um, <clears throat> All right, going on to our next uh, next question kind of topic. Um, after last week's big overtime win on Monday night against the Giants, after really starting off slow, uh, is Went still the answer in Philly? Um, you know, well... <laughs> You know, of course, me being a Giants fan, I watched that entire game, which was maybe the worst Giants loss I've seen uh, in a long time. Like, and and I'm saying that like, hey, you get blown out or something, fine. You know, you just you got outbeat, but they should not have lost that game. I mean, they just they're up seventeen to three. You know, the Eagles are practically playing with a practice squad offense out there. Plus, <laughs> you know, hey, uh, speaking of that, throw throw that on your sleeper list, uh, Boston Scott. You know, I, and, and I knew it was coming, like, late in the game. They started getting him going, and I'm like, here we go. This guy's going to be unreal because the Giants' defense sucks. Uh, and, I mean, well, that – and that's why we – maybe have to take this with a grain of salt because 
the Giants' defense has been awful all year. Uh, a lot of rookies in the secondary. Jabril Peppers is out. So, it's hard to say. I mean, I remember a couple weeks ago against Seattle, I believe it was in Philly, Wentz did awful. And that was kind of with his arsenal of weapons, you know, against a, a, you know, a much better defense. So, the Giants have had a knack this year. I mean, I mean, they made Mitch Trubisky, you know, look like Patrick Mahomes. Sam Darnold <laughs> looked like Patrick Mahomes against the Giants. So it's hard to say. I mean, I know you were a big Nick Foles guy, and I was kind of on the side of like, hey, maybe they should have kept Nick Foles. You know, I was never too crazy about Wentz. I mean, obviously, he's a smart quarterback. He found a way to win late in that game you can't take it away uh but i don't know it'll be interesting like they they got to get a running game going maybe they have one now at boston scott but i'm assuming you know they're gonna they're gonna stick with them but that division it's funny to see how that division is gonna play out you know with dallas and philly and they're all they all have losing records but it'll be interesting i mean i think you know, they're, they're obviously going to stick with Wentz for now, but, you know, and I know he lost to Sean Jackson. All Sean Jeffrey got hurt in that last game. Uh, you know, so they, like I said, they had a practice squad offense out there, which makes it even more mind blowing that the Giants couldn't cover Zach Ertz in the red zone. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't, I'm not, like, crazy about Wentz, you know. Like I said, I was one of the people saying, like, they should have stuck with Foles. He seemed to fit the system better. I think – I don't know how much truth there is to those reports that came out. Like, remember the reports that came out, Wentz wasn't a great locker room guy. Mm -hmm. Everybody loved Foles. I mean, if if there is some truth to that, you know, he's got to get control back of his locker room, get, get respect of his teammates. Uh, but you know, they're going to stick with them. That's my guess. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah. I, I, I mean, they just signed him to a six year extension or four year yes. extension. I'm sorry, a four year extension, um, worth 126 million. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, he's with them now, but I mean, you figure, after all the adversity that he's had to now granted he had to overcome the whole thing with the media in terms of like you said be a being a locker room guy then having to deal he did deal i will give him credit he dealt with the nick Foles thing with class um in terms of nick Foles being inserted being a super bowl mvp embraced it shared you know um you know the the super bowl moment with him um you know, and obviously Foles was going to move on and, you know, get his, um, you know, get his big contract. But um, I, I just, I'm still not sold. I think if Wentz repeats the kind of output that he's had. Now, granted, they have a ton of injuries. They have O-line injuries. Um, you know, Miles Sanders is starting to step into that starting role. Um, they haven't gotten any output from the, um, you know, other than earlier in the season in that one game where he ran for three touchdowns, um, yeah. you know, that running back from the bears, I forget his name, Jordan Howard, um, Jordan Howard. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just, if he, you know, granted 
They have injuries at wide receiver too. You know, Alshon Jeffrey's been hurt. Nelson Aguilar's been hurt. Um, you know, I um, Zach Ertz has been hurt. We've seen Dallas Goddard getting more more targets and more looks. But um, if he repeats this kind of output, and, and you know, a lot of people determine you know how good a quarterback play is. It he makes all the players better around him. So if Wentz was still in that elite class that we thought that he was going to be in, he should still have a much better numbers. He is this kind of a scrambling quarterback if you think about it. Yeah. Um, you know, he is more agile. Um, than the typical quarterback, uh, you know, pocket passer wise. Uh, but I just don't see him, if he repeats this output, maybe next year, you know, granted they just signed him with that big contract, but I think they might need to move on from him after next year if he repeats the kind of performance that A, he's given, um, or more importantly, B, he's going to continue to struggle if they don't continue to find A, pieces that are going to fit that offense and, and um, you know, remain healthy. Um, yeah. So I think it's going to come down to multiple factors, but, um, you know, I ultimately think Wentz, um, you know, as I said, if he can't repeat the, the, the you know, uh, performance that he gave before he got hurt during his MVP year, um, you know, I think you're going to end up seeing Philly move on from Wentz in, uh, in another year or two. Yeah, and uh, I think the thing that's uh, – I forgot to say this earlier. The, the other thing, you know, that's killed him is injuries. You know, he had, I think he had that back injury. Um, first couple of years in the league, just banged up a lot, misses that Super Bowl where Foles has to go in uh, for that whole playoff run. So injuries have definitely killed him, you know, and the, they say that the best thing you can be in the NFL is to be available. So uh, he has shaken the injury bug, I guess, as far as this year is concerned, but over the course of his uh, career, it's killed him. He's never played in a playoff game, I'm pretty sure. He has never played in a playoff game for the Eagles. So, um, But like you said, they signed him to that contract. They're going to stick with him. You know, I don't – I mean, I don't think he's like in a light quarterback. I think he's smart. You know, I think he's capable, but – He's really got to stay away, uh, stay away from the injuries. So, yep. Let's go through to hey, uh, hey one, one more, Adam. Speaking of that Giants game, throw out this is another good sleeper, Darius Slayton. Yes, I have him in flex in one of my uh, in my no. Yahoo league. Darius He's going off Slayton. this year, uh, towards you know, the, the last few weeks. Uh, had his had his third multi touchdown game last week, uh, and that was with Eli at quarterback. So uh, week ten he had so going through his multi touchdown game, starting with week eight at Detroit, he has two catches, fifty yards. But guess what? They're both touchdowns. That's what Daniel Jones obviously plays the Jets week ten. Ten catches, hundred and twenty one yards, two touchdowns. Uh, not too much going on the next few weeks after that. And then week 14, uh, obviously the other night against Philly, five catches, 154 yards, two touchdowns. That's with Eli. So he's shown he can do it with Jones. He's shown that he can do it, you know, with Eli. I don't know what the Giants quarterback situation is going to be this week. I did read something saying, uh, Daniel Jones said he was feeling better. Although supposedly he was going to be out a few weeks, but they have a nice matchup 
uh, at the home fish. against the, the Miami fish. Dolphins. So Darius Slayton, man, I mean, he's you might have to, you know, uh, you might have to be plugging him into your lineup this week against the Dolphins, maybe as a flex or a wide receiver too. I mean, it's uh, you know, it could easily go the other way, but. He's looking like a top target on that offense, you know, so. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I actually have them plugged in in my flex um, in my Yahoo league. So it's, um, uh, you know, he's he has had a nice stretch uh, over the last three weeks um, in terms of, you know, especially uh... from a PPR standpoint. The Dolphins allow the seventh most wide receiver fantasy points this season. So I think you pretty much got to start him. You know what I mean? They're, the Giants are going to be airing it out, try to get him going, I'm, I'm assuming, you know. But not that you can ever really fully trust the Giants. But, again, I just think the fact that he's shown that he can do it with Jones and Eli, you know, that makes me feel a little more comfortable about putting him in. Yep. Um, so with that being said, and the matchup, I just I say you go with it. You got to roll the dice there. Absolutely. All right. To close this out, let's run down. Uh, let's do our weekly rundown of the games. Who are you predicting to win? First game, Jets versus Ravens. I'm obviously picking the Ravens. Um, yeah. I think it's going to yeah, be a blowout. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I mean. That'd be probably the shock of the season if the Jets found a way to win this one. Uh, I don't see it, obviously. Although, you know, Sam Darnold has, has played better, but the Ravens' defense, they're at home. Um, yeah, they, they're not losing that game. So, yeah, I got to go, go with the Ravens on that one. Yeah, I'm gonna predict. Uh, I'm gonna predict Ravens. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say 38 to 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could I could see like a you know 35 14 something something in that ballpark like you said. Uh yep. you know, uh, and, and again, it's, it seems like there's been a lot of breakout receivers. Robbie Anderson's been on fire the last couple of weeks. Again, you know, playing teams like the Dolphins. So <laughs> <laughs> but I just yeah, the Ravens uh the, the, the game that their defense really impressed me was when they went to L.A. and played the Rams and just absolutely dominated them. Because Not that the Rams have been what they were last year, but they do have good weapons. And, uh, I mean, the, the you know, the 49ers did, did move the ball in the Ravens' D, but overall they've been pretty, pretty good. They got some good corners over there, I think. Marcus Peters has been a great addition for that secondary. So um, hopefully uh, we'll be seeing them make a run at the Super Bowl. Yep, absolutely. Moving on to the Seahawks and the Panthers. Um, obviously losing a uh, crusher on the road to the Rams. Um, didn't expect that. They held Russell Wilson in the offense to, um, you know, uh, 12 points, um, mm-hmm. two field goals and a pick six. Um, but, uh, you know, I see the Panthers, um, losing this one to the Seahawks. The Seahawks are going to bounce back. I think, um, I think this one is in 
um, in Carolina. So I know Russell Wilson has another tough matchup on the road, but I think they ultimately bounce back. Um, I have the Seahawks winning this one, uh, 24 to 20. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's close score. I definitely see them winning. Um, and you, you know, this late in the year, you also got to look at, I always look at what does this team have to play for, you know? So just to simplify it, like Seattle has something to play for, you know, they want to keep winning. They want to get a good seed. Carolina, I mean, I don't really think they're going anywhere. You know, I will say, like, Kyle Allen, I guess, has been pretty good. McCaffrey's obviously been unbelievable. DJ Moore's been pretty good for them. But it would be hard to see uh, Seattle losing that game. Uh, they, they did lose Rashad Penny for the year, who had just finally been, uh, you know, coming into his own, you know, pretty good role on the team at a couple – beats some good games but that's not going to kill them because before that they were just giving Chris Carson the ball every play anyway so and you know of course you got Russell Wilson he's he's been in the MVP consideration uh I could see them winning you know 27 21 28 21 something like that yep yep awesome um Patriots, Bengals, uh, Patriots on the road, uh, traveling up to Cincinnati <laughs> should win that game, considering they probably filmed the entire game um, on Sunday being in the press box. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm going to have to, you know, granted, yeah, the Bengals there, um, even though they, they won, you know, a few weeks ago, um, you know, as of right now, they're the number one seed to have the number or I'm sorry, not the number one seed, but they have uh, the worst record to have the number one pick in the 2020 draft. Um, so they're just going to continue to lose. They'll probably finish one in 15. Um, yeah. And the Pats probably, you know, um, I don't know if they're going to completely roll over them, but um, yeah, I don't yeah, see yeah. any crazy blowout. Um, I could see Andy Dalton, you know, kind of being competitive just because it's at home. But ultimately, I have the Pats winning this one, um, you know, like 31 to 17 or somewhere in that realm. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, you know, <laughs> Everyone, you know, is probably looking at this pick in the Patriots. <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of the obvious pick here. But being with the, uh, you know, Spygate 2, whatever you want to call it, it <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, well, hey, they talk about, you know, bulletin board material. And from what I've read, the, you know, the Bengals coach is up mad about it. I'm sure the players are mad, so... You know, I, I'm not saying the Bengals are going to come out and win, but I think they'll have a little more juice in them to at least make it a competitive game uh, as long as they can. You know, I'm sure at some point it'll get away from them. The Patriots should probably take over, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals come out and play hard uh, given the events of the week and – It'll, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, you know. I mean, that, that would be – it would be a great uh, – Hollywood couldn't write a better script for that one if the Bengals somehow come out and, and find a way to win. I mean, they do have Dalton back. Joe Mixon had a great game last week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what are they, 1-10, one 1-11? In, one in 1-12. One in yeah, I mean – they are at home, but 
I'm just for for their for their sake. I hope they keep it competitive. Uh, like I said, given the events of the week. But you know, I think you're probably right with the score there. Um, you know, twenty-eight thirteen or something. Patriots. But next game but that would that would be the upset of the week, though, if the Bengals pull this off. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, it would, but I just, eh, I don't know if I could see it happen. It would be great, but um, I, I just don't know, um, you know, especially with the Giants right behind them at that that two seed um, or the, you know, uh, not the right, two right. seed. I don't know why I keep doing that, but for the second round pick, the second pick of overall in the 2020 draft, uh, I, they might be in tank, you know, they've been in tank mode, but now it's just like, okay, let's like, let's secure that number one pick uh, next right. year. Uh, right. Bucks and Lions. This is an interesting one. Uh, Bucks um, head up to Detroit. Uh, Bucks are six and seven. Lions are three nine and one. Um, you know, like you said, now with Mike Evans being out, that draws more attention over to Chris Godwin. Um, I actually see the Lions upsetting the Bucks, uh, and the main reason why is Jamie's Winston. Um, even yeah. though Bruce Arians comes out every single press conference and says, we got to work, I got to work with Jamie's Winston, he just makes conti- continuous bad decisions. Um, yeah. You know, uh, granted, yeah, you know, w- what you read earlier about him, uh, you know, maybe leading the league in passing yards, passing touchdowns and interceptions, totally viable because that's all they do. They either get far behind or they get in a shootout situation where he's throwing the ball. He's getting garbage time yards and garbage time touchdowns. Um, So that is viable, but I just don't trust Jamie Swinson with the football. Um, uh, I forget. Is he already at, uh, he's at 20 something interceptions already. Did I read that right? Um, I I don't know. the Or is he pacing 25? Uh, let me look yeah. at this number real quick because he is. He, he's uh, on pace to lead the league in interceptions. You know, it's just it's 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 an astronomical number. Um, I thought I read that he was pacing twenty five interceptions. Yeah, uh, Jamie Swinson, jeez. Um, <laughs> but I just don't trust him. I see. Um, yeah, he is. He actually is. I'm sorry. He is at twenty six touchdowns. And 23 interceptions on the year. So he's yeah. already passed that pace of 25. Um, mm-hmm. He has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games of two or more interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has three, four games of three or more. So um, I just don't trust him with the ball. I actually think Detroit upsets the Bucks here, even though it might not be a major upset. Like, you know, as you said, if the Jets were to beat Baltimore, the Cincinnati were to beat New England. Um, but I definitely think this would be an upset, um, yeah. you know, with the Lions being at home. I'm going to go ahead and say it's going to be 27 to 24. Yeah, um, I can definitely see where you're going with that. I'm going to actually take the Bucks though. I'm going to take the Bucks in this one only because I'm looking at it. And surprisingly, they haven't been bad on the road. Uh Week two, they beat Carolina on the road, twenty to fourteen. Uh, week four, they beat the Rams, fifty-five to forty. That was a crazy game. I mean, that's not the norm for them, but somehow they put up fifty-five points. Uh, they lost to the Saints the following week on the road, but they only lost thirty-one twenty-four. Uh. Well, they lose their next two road games, but again, 
They lose to the Titans 27-23, pretty close. They lost to the Seahawks in overtime in Seattle, 40-34. to uh, Then they go on the road. They beat Atlanta a couple weeks ago, 35-22. And then they beat the Jags on the road, 28-11. And then they just beat the Colts at home by three. Um, yeah, I mean... The Lions are, are they're a weird team. Obviously, their record doesn't show it, but I think they have the ability to play good games. I mean, I think Matt Patricia is a smart defensive coach. Mike Evans being out, you know, could, could swing it in, in the way you're talking, and maybe the Lions pull the upset, but the Lions' offense worries me a little bit. Uh, Although the Bucks secondary isn't great, so maybe they do air it out to Galladay, Marvin Jones, and those guys. Um, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with the Bucks here. I'm gonna say they win thirty-four to thirty-one. Interesting. Win, win by three, yeah. All right. Uh, moving on here, we have Bears and Packers. I think this is a must win for the Packers. I know the Bears are also trying to climb, um, you know, into, I believe, a wild card spot. Uh, but I don't see it happening. Um, being that the Packers are at home, I think the Bears get blown out. Um, I think yeah. that, um, you know, granted, the Packers have had closer games than they would have liked. Uh, the last few weeks, you know, Aaron Rodgers in his press conference said, you know, some some wins are ugly and that's fine to him as long as they're winning. But um, I think they need a statement game. I think they're going to do it, obviously, against a division rival um, in the Bears. Um, yeah. I see um, Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers completely going off this week. I'm going blowout. Um, I'm going to say thir- I'm going to say 38 to 10 Packers. Blowout. Wow. Mitch, wow. the bitch, um, throwing <laughs> multiple picks. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, uh, you know, they, they, Mitch Trubisky had a shine moment, um, you know, against the Cowboys. Um, I just, um, I, I think he's, you know, he's up on his high, um, you know, trying to prove his worth. I still think the bears move on from him next year. I know he's going to try to ball out, but I just don't see, um, it going, uh, you know, it continuing to happen against the Packers. Yeah. Um, I definitely have green Bay winning again, you know, like I said before, who has something to play for here? Green Bay's at home. They have more to play for. The Bears, I mean, hey, props to them. You know, like you said, the, the couple wins there against Dallas. And uh, and I think they beat the Giants maybe the week before that. But, you know, I, I, I do think it'll be a little closer. Uh, just being a division game, they played each other week one. Of course, that's week one. Doesn't really mean anything now, but it was it was a close game. Uh, Bears Bears played them, you know, played them as tough as they could. But you know, I could see you know twenty four to 13, 27, 13, something like that. Uh, Green Bay definitely wins at home. Titans Texans. Um, I gotta go. Obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Titans here. I'm gonna go ahead and say. Wow, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill rolling keeps, with the Tanny train. The dude, RT man. Um, he, um, I think he's gonna ball out. Obviously, this helps the Titans at home. Derrick Henry, as we talked about earlier, completely going off the last five weeks. 
Um, I just think they have all the momentum in the world. You know, Ryan Tannehill now being a five and one or six and one as a starter uh, since benching Marcus Mariota. Granted, we got to take it with a grain of salt. We we know what he did with Miami, but to be able to step in, um, yeah. you know, and, and it's not like the AFC South is a complete pushover division. Um, yeah. You know, granted, you know, we have Andrew Luck leaving at the beginning of the year, but you, you got to appreciate what Ryan Tannehill has done for that team because he's clearly playing and the players playing around him are playing a lot better since Marcus Mariota uh, has been benched. So uh, I'm going I'm going all in on the Titans here. Um, I think, you know, the Texans laid a dud at home against um, the Broncos last Denver, week. Yeah. They got completely yeah. destroyed. Now yeah. you have to leave. You know, you have to go from home to now on the road. Um, and I, you know that stadium is going to be fired up because now the Titans are playing for division title. They're right in the mix. I'm going to go another blowout, man. I see the Titans completely destroying the Texans' hopes and dreams. Wow. Uh, I'm going I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say it's going to be a 34 to 13, man. I don't see it being close. Wow. I, I, I think the, 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 the Henry train is just going to keep rolling, and I think Ryan Tannehill is going to have three-plus touchdowns. Yeah, um... I mean, hey, like you said, he's been playing great for them. And, you know, you brought up Miami, and, and the first thing I thought of, well, he was playing for the Dolphins. So maybe he's in a better <laughs> – he's, he, you know, hey, he, you got to – hey, he's in a better situation, um, you know, just a better team. I think Brable's a good coach. Um, and I remember when the Titans uh, signed Tannenhill, there was a lot of talk uh, before the season that, there was a lot of uh, stuff I read out there basically saying there'll be a good chance he has the, this quarterback job by the end of the year, uh, which turned out to be true. He's been on a tear. Uh, speaking of another sleeper on the Titans, A.J. Brown, yep. huge huge game last week against uh, the Raiders, so he's looking like a turned into a pretty good weapon for them. Obviously, we talked about Derrick Henry. He's been rolling. Um, I don't know if I see a blowout. I mean, because, again, both of these teams now, suddenly the Titans have something to play for. The Texans have something to play for. You know, they, they're still fighting. They want to bounce back from last week. Uh, division game. I'm going to go Titans here. 27-24. Uh, Interesting. That's, yeah, that's a close call. I know that the, t the I just feel it's going to be tough. And I know I'm on the blowout train with three of these picks so far, but yeah. um, I just feel the Texans having lost that at home, now having to go on the road against a very hungry, right in the middle of it, Titans team, uh, you know, it being on the road and, you know, them letting up over 110 yards a game. If the Titans play, you know, ball control, Derrick Henry does what he needs to do. Tannehill needs to do what he does along with the defense. I just, I, I do Deshaun Watson. He, I see him crumbling. I really do. He's not what he was um, at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins and Giants. Um, man, um, yeah. this game could go either way. Um, I just, I mean, I don't know who to pick here. I'm going to pick the Giants just for the sake of them being at home. Yeah. Um, it, be, it might turn into, you know, a shootout. We don't know who's playing a quarterback right now for the Giants, like you had mentioned. Um, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is Fitzpatrick. 
um, guy could throw four interceptions or six touchdowns, who knows. Right. Uh, but I see the Giants just winning this one at home only because they're at home, maybe in the realm of 20 to 17. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, I want to pick the Giants being a Giants fan. But it's, you know, every time it looks like they should win, they don't. Uh, like when the Jets killed them a couple weeks ago, should have beat Philly the other night, couldn't do that. Ah, uh, man, it's, you know, they're, they're obviously itching for a win. And it's tough because, well, for the Dolphins, I don't know if Devontae Parker's playing. I know he got knocked out of the last game with a concussion. Uh, he doesn't play. I, you know, I definitely see the Giants winning. I mean, I think if the Dolphins have a chance of winning, they need him on the field. Uh, you know, but... <laughs> Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if like somehow the Giants blow it and the Dolphins win, but I will I'll give it to the Giants. Uh, I say they win, you know, twenty four seventeen or something like that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who plays quarterback for them, but if they, you know, it, it it'd be hard to see them getting up seventeen three again, you know, on the Dolphins and blowing blowing that. So I think Barkley. <laughs> Barkley should have a good game. Hopefully, Darius Slayton maybe gets going. Uh, and even if Eli plays again, you know, he did not play terrible against the Eagles. He didn't have any turnovers. Um, they got they got to be dying for a win here. So, they're at home. I'll take the Giants 24-17. Excellent. Moving on, Eagles and Skins. Skins are at home. Uh, you know the Eagles need this because they are – um, in the mix, obviously, to win the NFC East uh, division title and secure that playoff spot. But the Redskins, they, they play their division rivals well, no matter, A, who's quarterbacking. Um, so, I mean, I know Dwayne Haskins, he, he needs a lot of work. I'm really surprised they didn't insert him in the lineup. But even with him being in, um, I'm just still not all that impressed. I think the Eagles do win this one on the road, but I do think the Skins will end up making it a game. I can see it kind of being close, uh, maybe 28 uh, to 24. Um, Eagles come back and score late touchdown again like they did last week to beat the Redskins. Um, You know, I think Adrian Peterson, the Redskins are going to try to play, you know, ball control where the Eagles run defense isn't that great. But um, I do see the Eagles pulling it out to stay in contention against the Cowboys. Um, 2024. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I'm going to take the Eagles here. I think they're obviously feeling good, uh, you know, r- riding that comeback overtime, winning against the Giants. I don't see the Redskins, uh, the Redskins offense. I mean, they lost Darius Geis now. He's out for the year again. If, if he was playing, you know, I like him being in the mix for them, but uh you know, I just I haven't seen enough from Dwayne Haskins. I mean, I don't. Maybe he's been playing playing a little better. I honestly honestly haven't watched too much of him, but I can't see the Redskins winning this game. Uh, this is going to kind of be my blowout, I guess. I'm going to say the Eagles win thirty-one to thirteen. Wow. Okay. Broncos in Chiefs. Now, divisional matchup, Broncos playing a lot better the last two weeks, especially with um, Drew Locke being inserted into the lineup. Yeah. Um, but, A, they're going into 
uh, one of the host- most hostile environments of the NFL in Arrowhead. Um, Chiefs being fired up off of that big win in New England. Um, I could see this being close simply for the fact that a Drew Locke playing, um, you know, good football. You know, he's riding that rookie high right now off two straight wins. Uh, but you know, I see the Chiefs winning. I do see it kind of being close, maybe thirty-one to twenty-eight. Chiefs. Wow, wow, yeah. So it is an Arrowhead, you know. Um, you gotta wonder, like, where would the Broncos be? with Drew Lockett quarterback all year. Uh, that's something to think about. I mean, obviously it's a small sample size. He's only played two games, but, you know, hey, he looked good last week. Uh, like you said, uh, you had talked about Philip Lindsay maybe having a good game. Chiefs defense not great. Uh, but, again, I think the Chiefs are probably feeling really good coming off that win uh, on the road against New England. I can't see them losing at home. Um, but maybe the Broncos do keep it com- competitive. I'm going to say 28-17 Chiefs. Browns and Cardinals. Uh, cards at home. Browns obviously playing for um, – playing for. Um, they're not going to catch the Ravens for the division title, but they will be playing for – a wild card spot um, against uh, Pittsburgh. So they're kind of going neck and neck, but um, this is an interesting one. Uh, Brown's having to travel across the country to Arizona. Um, I like Kyler Murray. I think another year, um, you know, I think he'll he'll have a better year next year, but I do think Kyler Murray can play football and I'm actually going to take the Cardinals to upset the Browns this week. Um, I see the Cards' defense stepping up. Um, granted, yeah. the Cardinals don't have any consistency at running back. We saw, you know, I don't know where David Johnson is. He just completely fell off the map. Um, you could even probably should have thrown him into complete fantasy bust. Um, yeah. Even more than yeah, OBJ, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's just completely fell. He's just completely fallen off. But um, as long as they have Kyler Murray, um, I think they're in good hands. If that defense can. You know, again, get to get the pressure on Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield does not play good under pressure. Um, if Chandler Jones can get to him, I could see the Cardinals winning this one, um, maybe at the score of 21 to 17. Yeah. Um, I like that. I do like that pick, you know. And I, before you made it, I was like, man, you know, can the Cardinals really, can they pull this out here? Um being at home helps. Like you said, I think Kyler Murray is uh, coming into his own a little bit here. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna take the Browns to win this one, though. Um, I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Nick Chubb. The one positive for the Browns, since they've gotten uh, Kareem Hunt back, they are 3-2. and two. His first three games back, they won. Uh, then they lost the last two weeks. Uh, of course, 27. Oh, sorry. No, they won last week. They beat the Bengals 27-19. So they're 4-1 and one with, with Kareem Hunt. They lost the Steelers uh, two weeks ago, 20-13. But, uh, it, but, hey, it could be interesting. It depends if, if Kyler Murray's airing it out. He catches fire. They get a lead, maybe. But. I'm going to say the Browns get a heavy dose of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt going. I wouldn't be surprised if Landry has a good game. 
I don't think the Cardinal Cardinals secondary is great. Uh, the Brown the Browns are going to want to win. I'll I'll take the Browns twenty four to seventeen. Jags and Raiders. Um, I, I feel like this is a coin flip. You know, there's weeks both teams look the part. Um, I think I, I don't know. It's it's tough to bet against the Raiders in the black hole, though. So they're you know yeah. they're playing. You know these are going to be the last few games in Oakland probably. Um, yeah. I like yeah, Chucky yeah. as a coach. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Derek Carr, but I know he a, he is playing for to play on Oakland next year. Um, and kind of you know continue to win over Gruden and win over the you know the 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 GM and everything there. So um, I'm gonna have to go Raiders. I think it's gonna be. It could, this could be one of those games. It's like thirty-eight to thirty-four or thirty-four thirty-one. Um, I, I just feel Raiders games at home get out of hand, and they're always high scoring for some reason. So uh, I'll yeah. go thirty-four thirty-one. You know, maybe Gardner Minshew does. You know, he makes it a game to to some extent, but I I do see the Raiders winning at home. Yeah, uh, it's interesting because one guy I really like this year, and and I, you can I guess throw him on the breakout list, Josh Jacobs. Uh, he's been pretty pretty good running back for the Raiders this year. Uh, he is dealing with a shoulder injury. Uh, did not play last week against the Titans, so he had a limited practice today. Uh, they're probably going to be trying to get him on the field. So uh, either way, you know, Philip Rivers, who hasn't been great. But he just absolutely torched the Jags' defense. Uh, I just I can't see them winning, like you said, in the black hole, coming to an end in Oakland. Here, I'm going to take the Raiders, uh, thirty to seventeen. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Thirty to seventeen. Moving on, uh, Vikings and Chargers. Um, Unfortunately, I feel this is the end of the Philip Rivers era in yeah, yeah. with the Chargers. I know that there's been a lot of reports of that, a lot of people writing and talking about it. I do see it coming to fruition. Um, Vikings traveling on the road. Um, interesting. Main reason why I remember last year the Vikings went on the road to L.A. to play the Rams, and they did play very good in that stadium. Um, you know, that just came to mind when I saw this matchup. Um, and obviously the Vikings are playing for, a, you know, a playoff spot um, and possibly depending on how the next few weeks, you know, play out given their record. I mean, they're kind of in the mix for NFC North title. So um, I'm going to go Vikings on this one. Um, I, I, this could be another one of those shootout games. Uh, 28. I think it's going to it could end up being close. I'm not entirely sure um, with the Vikings be on the road. But as I said, I mean, I think Kirk Cousins. Uh, is playing better football than he has, you know, in the past. But yeah. um, I do see the Vikings just being the overall better team. Um, still unsure if Adam Thielen is coming back. Um, but, you know, overall, I see the Vikings maybe winning this one 28-24. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have to go with the Vikings here. Obviously, Dalvin Cook's been great. Uh, Kirk Cousins playing a lot better. They have a really good defense. I definitely see Rivers throwing a few picks here. Uh, and like, like you said, I mean, the Vikings, like they, they just look like the team that has more to play for here. I'm going to say Vikings 
27-20. Rams and Cowboys. Um, I'm going to go Rams. Uh, Cowboys are playing at home. Um, I think the Rams coming off of that big win, obviously, at home. Um, You know, against Seattle last week. I think that helps. Um, But the Rams have played the Cowboys before. Um, They, you know, crushed them last year, ran all over them in, uh, you know, the playoffs. But, you know, we saw, we've seen a healthier Todd Gurley kind of in this back half, the the second half of the season. Um, I think he is going to be utilized more. I think the one thing that McVay isn't doing is utilizing him out of the backfield more than he has. Who knows what's going on with this knee arthritis issue or whatnot. But they yeah. did. They have run Gurley. Um, you know, it's weird. He'll either get nine carries to twelve carries, or he goes over twenty. So who yeah. knows what we're gonna get? But he does believe in Jared Goff. Jared Goff uh, is pretty sure is the highest paid quarterback right now. Um, I don't agree with that. I think they should have waited. Um, but you know, they believe in the guy. Sean McVay believes in the guy. He obviously, you know, has come back the last few weeks and has played better football. They're obviously fighting for a playoff spot. Um, especially it's it's gonna go down to the wire, I think, towards the end of the year. Um, you know, given that Seattle and um, you know, Seattle and San Fran are running that division and running with the NFC right now. So um I do see the Rams beating the Cowboys. I think this is the breaking point. You might see, even though Jerry Jones has said he's gonna keep Jason Garrett rest of the year. If they lose this game at home, it might be the breaking point of Jerry yeah. Jones. And we see Jason Garrett gone by end of the year um, if they lose this one. I do see the Rams winning it uh, 31 to 17. Yeah. Um, like you said, I mean, they got that. They got a nice win against Seattle. They've been pretty, pretty good uh, since acquiring Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I think that's been a great addition to their defense um you know so he's probably going to be taking away amari cooper uh that's you know and it's funny if you watch the last few games for dallas you know that game against the bears their first drive was great you know 14 15 plays they killed a bunch of time they go right down the field and score and then they don't do anything the rest of the game pretty much the same thing they did against the bills on thanksgiving you know, good good start to the game, and then they're just nowhere to be found. So, given that the Rams have uh, Wade Phillips, defensive coordinator, they got Ramsey. They're, you know, kind of kind of starting to catch their feet again. I can definitely see the Rams going into Dallas and winning. Uh, I will take the Rams twenty four to sixteen over Dallas. Falcons and Niners. Niners are at home, coming off a huge, huge win with time expiring uh, with that field goal in New Orleans last week. Um, I see 49ers destroying the Falcons. I'm going to say 45 to 20. I don't even need to spend a lot of time in this game. Um, Falcons have no business. They had that good stretch where they upset some teams. Um, But you're traveling all the way across the country. They're playing in the Niners. Niners Stadium is going to be absolutely out of control. with that coming off of that huge win. So 45, 20 Niners over Falcons. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, that was a great game, by the way, the 49ers, uh, 49ers Saints game. Uh, yeah. San Fran at home. It'd be, you know, 
and be a miracle to see the Falcons uh, keep this close. I'll say 38-7. I love it. Love it. (laughs) Falcons don't deserve shit. Um, Nope. Not after that Super Bowl. We could go on and on about that. Bills and Steelers. That's a whole other show. (laughs) <laughs> Bills and Steelers. Now, Bills playing good football. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. coming off a close, close game. You know, at home they lost to the Ravens. Obviously, Ravens are you know the most respected team right now, or one of them. Um, but the Steelers at home. This this is intriguing. You know, the Steelers are still playing for a yeah. playoff spot. Yeah. Um, and. Um, I forget the quarterback's name, but this guy who's um, duck. duck, bro, duck. That's how I'm referring to him. Duck I Hodges. Duck Hodges. I think, um, dude. I think the duck quacks his way to a win this week. Um, I think they're going to beat the Bills. Um, you know, I know the Bills don't have to go too far in terms of travel or whatnot. You know, I like to take that into consideration. But um, I see, I see the duck quacking his way to a. Um, a, a twenty-seven to twenty victory uh, to keep the Steelers' playoffs hopes alive. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the Bills are nine and four. You click on the Steelers, man. They're eight and five. I mean, I know Mike Tomlin's taken some heat over the years, but you got to tip your hat to him on this one. I mean, losing a Big Ben week two. I agree. Um, Juju's been banged up all year. James Connors. Been in and out. In and out, yeah. I mean, Mason Rudolph. So they're down to their third-string quarterback. Uh, Basically, like, their third-string running back or Benny Snell or whoever they're throwing back there, Jalen Samuels sometimes. But I don't know how they're doing it, but they're finding ways to win. Uh, I think getting Minka Fitzpatrick was big for them. Uh, He's been a a great addition to their defense. this is tough, man, because the Bills, you know, they did they did keep it competitive with Baltimore, and they've been pretty good. Uh, I think this is going to be a really good game. Actually, I'm going to take I'm going to take the Bills on the road. Twenty one to seventeen. Wow, huh? Twenty one seventeen Bills. Bills yeah. with the key but, win. I would not – hey, I, I like your pick, the Steelers. I would not be surprised if they won. I mean, they've just – like I said, I don't know how they're doing it, but they're finding ways to win. But um, I don't know. I, I also like how the Bills have been playing too. So I don't think it'll be easy for them, but I think I think they'll find a way. I just think they have a little bit more offensively. You know, they got, they got a little bit better weapons, but – uh, not to take away from the Steelers' D, man. I mean, who knows? They could come out and, and play great, but I'm going to take the Bills on that one. Last game of the week, Colts, uh, the Saints, Monday night game. Saints are at home again. Um, I don't know. I don't know why. I'm, I just feel like I'm on the blowout train. I, I'm going to see the Saints taking all the aggression out after that big home loss on the Colts. I just think yeah. the Colts, um, Jacoby Brissett, he had a very great beginning to middle of the year. And ever since the bye week, he just has not um, kind of taken the reins to will that team to the wins that they've needed. Um, I still see the Titans winning that division. 
Um, I don't see the Colts. I think the Colts are going to miss the playoffs this year. I think, um, especially going through the buzzsaw of the Saints offense, Michael Thomas will probably break uh, Marvin Harrison's receptions record uh, for the year. Uh, he already yeah. has the NFL record for a, a, a team's um, you know, wide receiver for the fir- through the first 13 weeks. Um, or 13 games, rather, cause, you know, with the bye. But, um, you know, he's only, I think Marvin Harrison's record was 149, 148, whatever it was. Um, I think he's going to smash 150. Um, and I see um, another 10-plus catch game for Michael Thomas, another three or four-plus touchdown game for, for Drew Brees. They're going to take it all out on the Colts. Um, I'm going to go ahead and yeah, say 48. I'm going to go ahead and say 48-13, complete destruction. On Monday night, yeah, I had uh, I had you know somewhere in the 40s for the Saints, like a 42, 45. Um, I just don't see the Colts having enough to keep up, uh, especially um, being on the road. Uh, Saints are at home, tough loss. I, I kind of like where you're going with that. I could see, you know, f- 45 to 14, 13, something like that. Uh, Saints, Saints will probably blow the doors off them. Uh, like you said, Michael Thomas been playing unbelievable. Jared Cook actually had a huge game too, uh, although he left the game with a concussion, I think. So it'll be interesting if he plays. But the Saints, they they just have too many weapons. Playing at home, hard to see Jacoby Brissett going in there, winning the game. So yeah, I'll I'll say forty-five, fourteen Saints. Excellent. Well, that is uh, that is week fifteen, an hour and thirty minutes for the first episode, man. That was pretty good. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not <laughs> It'll be bad. good. So, yeah, we'll um, Brendan and I will be back next week, uh, recapping week fifteen, uh, going into week sixteen. We should see the playoff picture shape up um, a lot better. And um, Brendan, man, that was a lot of fun. I look forward to uh, sitting down again next week and uh, seeing what the playoff looks like. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun, Adam. Uh, definitely a great start. Glad, glad we got the ball rolling here. Hopefully next week we're not talking about the Miami Dolphins beating the Giants. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you never know. You never know. But it should be an interesting week of games. Uh, you know, if you happen if you happen to be in the semifinals in your league, hopefully it works out for you. Hopefully uh, you're not sitting there saying you wish you started – somebody but hey you got to roll the dice maybe a guy like Darius Slayton or an AJ Brown throw him in there and see what happens cool and uh you know as I said we will be back next week thanks to those who listen this is early on and um yeah we'll get it rolling thanks Brennan appreciate it man all right sounds good Adam I'll talk to you have a good one bro yep